0: Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Peruvian judge bars oil executives from leaving country after oil spill. Pan American Health Organization says COVID-19 threatens growth and development of children. Trinidad and Tobago approaches 20,000 active COVID-19 cases. U.S. Virgin Islands Governor seeks elimination of 10% matching fund required by U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency. Jamaica's public-private partnership earns international recognition Recognition. Grenada and United Nations signs new five-year regional corporation framework and 900 gets jobs as Bahamas Sandals Resorts reopens. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 31st. We start a report today in Peru. Crowder News reports that a judge in Peru last Friday barred four executives from Spanish oil company Repasol from leaving the country. Crowder News reported that the oil spill occurred on January 15, 2022, at one of the Lampampila refineries off the coast of Lima, Peru. It was reported that the oil spill was caused by shockwaves from an undersea volcanic eruption near Tonga in the South Pacific Ocean. More than 6,000 barrels of of crude oil has impacted the shores of Peru. As a result of the oil spill, several Peruvian officials had called for the Spanish oil giant to compensate for what they described as an ecological disaster. According to Peruvian media reports, Reposol officials have denied liability for the spill and also called it an accident. According to Peruvian Media, a specialized prosecutor for environmental matters in Lima approached the Peruvian court seeking an order to prevent four Repsol executives from leaving the country. It was reported that the prosecutor was considering a criminal case against the company's representatives, and as such, he approached the district court to issue an order preventing the Repsol executives from leaving the country in order to ensure that they will be a Available for any possible criminal proceedings. Based on the prosecutor's submission to the court, Judge Romuldo Aguido on friday granted the order to prevent the four executives from leaving the country he imposed an 18-month ban on the grounds of the potential risk that the officials might leave peru additionally peru's agency for environmental assessment and enforcement alleges that Repsol has not complied with orders related to the cleanup efforts for these areas, and the agency has issued an initial fine of $4.8 million. Reposol said in a statement that it would continue working to remedy the impact generated by the oil spill, deploying all efforts and monitoring activities by air to detect possible new affected areas. However, the Ministry of Environment attorney at law told Exitos Noticias that Reposol could face liabilities of up to $500 million for compensation for the effects of the spill. Cleanup efforts are ongoing with the guidance from national regulators and from UN Advisors. St. Lucia Times reports that the Pan American Health Organization is concerned about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the growth and development of children in the Americas. Pan American Health Organization director Dr. Caricia F. Ethian has warned that millions of children are missing out on routine vaccinations. She told a news briefing last week that as a result, countries are in risk of losing two decades of immunization. Countries are seeing Outbreaks of diseases that for years have been under control, she said. The Pan American Health Organization director explained that these diseases included measles in Brazil and diphtheria in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. As more people of all ages are becoming infected, the Pan American Health Organization director highlighted that while hospitalizations and severe cases are more frequent among children with pre-existing diseases, such as diabetes and asthma, Most of these children recover. At the same time, however, children continue to miss out on their regular doctor visits and many remain out of the classroom, jeopardizing their social, mental, and physical well-being. She called on the ministries of health, education, and social protection to work together to bring as many of our children as possible back to school safely. The Pan American Health Organization director also asks parents and Caretakers to bring their children to routine medical appointments and urge countries to ensure these services are open and available. Last week, countries reported the highest weekly cases since the pandemic began, with more than 8 million. Debts also increased by 37 percent from the previous week. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that according to the Trinidad and Tobago's Ministry of Health, the total active positive cases in Trinidad and Tobago is 19,831. For the month of January, the highest number of COVID-19 cases were recorded on January 21st with 1,259 cases, while the highest number of deaths recorded was on January 8th with 37 deaths. Up to January 30th, the number of COVID-19 cases has gradually increased and decreased in cycles. Last week, the number of COVID-19 cases showed an overall increase until the latest number of cases, 1,081, was recorded on Saturday. The update also reported that there were 14 COVID-19-related deaths, which brought the total number of deaths to 3,395. As of Sunday afternoon, 690,137 people were fully vaccinated, while 709,863 people received the first dose or no dose of a vaccine. It was also reported that 110,316 booster shots were Distributed. As of Sunday afternoon, there were 384 patients in the hospitals, 104 people in step-down facilities, and 18,894 patients in home self-isolation. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan and the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency Administrator Deanna Criswell met last Friday as a part of Governor Bryan's latest trip to Washington, D.C. According to Government House of the U.S. Virgin Islands, the two discussed the progress of ongoing recovery projects funded by FEMA in the territory. In December, FEMA approved the replacement of the entire sewer system on the island of St. Croix after it determined that the island's sewer sheds are eligible for replacement following the 2017 hurricanes. Mr. Bryan thanked Ms. Criswell for the agency's continued support but expressed concern with the pace of fixed cost offers affecting the territory's most critical projects which include schools and hospitals. Also during the meeting the governor reiterated his push for a waiver to the 10 percent cost required by the U.S. federal government for the funding of those projects, noting that without the waiver, the Territory will have to pay hundreds of millions in local funds to receive the funding approved for its recovery projects. Without this waiver, the Territory will have utilized more than $500 million in Housing Urban Development Community Development Block Grant DR funds that we can otherwise utilize for much-needed housing housing and capital improvement projects. The administration said that while FEMA was non-committal on the cost-share waiver, Ms. Criswell agreed to review an appeal submitted by the governor on December 27, 2021. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica Prime Minister Andrew Holness says Jamaica has attained an enviable track record of executing large-scale public-private partnerships and privatization transactions. He says specific transactions have been recognized internationally, noting that we have, among other things, won structural awards. He was speaking during the Jamaica Stock Exchange recent 17th semi-annual regional investment and capital market conference in New Kingston. Mr. Holness said the King Container Terminal Transaction was recognized in 2017 by Infrastructure Journal and Project Finance magazine IG Global as the portal deal of the year. The facility is operated by King. Kingston Freeport Terminal Limited, a subsidiary of Global Container Shipping Group (CMA CGM), under a 30-year concession arrangement with the government. The concessioner has invested approximately 330 million U.S. dollars in the terminal since taking over operation. Mr. Holness also advised that Latin Finance Magazine recognize the 225 million U.S. dollar. International bonds raised for the Trans Jamaica Highway Limited with the infrastructure financing of the year award in 2020. The Trans Jamaica transaction raised 14.1 billion, the largest sum generated from an initial public offering IPO on the Jamaica Stock Exchange today. The Prime Minister informed that in 2021, Sangaster International Airport caught the prestigious World Travel Award for the Caribbean's leading airport for the 14th time and 13-consecutive year. The facility is operated by MBJ Airport Limited, a subsidiary of the partnership between Mexican entity Grupo Aeropatario del Pacífico and the Vantage Airport Group, headquartered in Canada, under a 30-year concession agreement. Mr. Holness pointed out that as of 2019, Jamaica's public-private partnership was ranked fourth in Latin America and the Caribbean. He advised that the government has established a program of attractive opportunities for private sector investors to acquire non-core state assets and participate in creating and improving public infrastructure. We have structured the opportunities using a variety a of mechanisms, including asset sales through listing on the Jamaica Stock Exchange and direct sales to strategic investors, development leases, and public-private partnerships. Mr. H- Mr. Holness said. He noted that public-private partnerships were previously often viewed by successive governments as a modality to solve public sector budget constraints or financing gaps. Our macro fiscal position has fundamentally changed and we now have the wherewithal to undertake significant capital investments within the public sector budget. However, Public-private partnerships remain our preferred modality for infrastructure development, the Prime Minister pointed out. He said the primary reason relates not just to financing, but to also leveraging private sector expertise to assess Prices and manage certain types of risk. The government's objective for the program also include widening the base of ownership and direct equity participation in the economy and stimulating the local capital markets, which are key drivers of private sector-led economic growth, Mr. Holness said. The three-day conference was held January 25th to 27 under the theme, Positioning Capital for Growth, Facilitating, Mobilizing, and Expanding. Grenada Now reports that the government of Grenada has now joined the British Virgin Islands, Barbados, Antigua and Barbuda, and St. Lucia to become a signatory to a new United Nations multi-country sustainable development framework for the Caribbean for the years 2022 to 2026. The framework, which will align with individual country implementations, will govern UN collaboration in the region for the next five years to support countries to recover and rebuild from the COVID-19 pandemic, climate shock and other vulnerabilities in a sustainable way that leaves no one behind. The new corporation framework was signed by Dr. the Honorable Keith Mitchell, Prime Minister of Grenada, and Didier Trebuck, UN Resident Coordinator during a hybrid ceremony between UN House in Barbados and Grenada's Cabinet Office via Zoom. The United Nations multi-country sustainable development framework identifies four key priorities for achieving resilient, sustainable development in the region. Increased support to economic resilience agenda, intensified efforts to ensure realization of human rights for all strong commitment to enhancing inclusive disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation and scaled up support to ensure that caribbean societies remain peaceful and just societies antigua's newsroom report that prime minister gaston brown was invited last week to a tour of antigua and barbuda's newest private medical facility, the Revere Surgical Suites. The surgical center is owned and operated by obstetrician and gynecologist physician, Dr. Gwendolyn Ferver Roberts, ear, nose, and throat specialist, Dr. George Roberts, and daughter, Dr. Nicole Roberts. The facility, which houses four beds and a fully operational surgical theater in the Ramico building, will primarily focus on ambulatory surgery or day surgery. Day surgery is a system in which a patient comes into the suite for surgical procedure, has the operation, recovers, and is released from the facility in a single day. Dr. Fever Roberts indicated that the new medical facility will also have the capacity for overnight stays. During the tour, Prime Minister Brown congratulated the family-owned medical practice and assure the doctors of his government's commitment to supporting medical development. The Guardian reports that roughly 900 people returned to work as Sandals Royal Bahamian Resort as it opens its doors for the first time in nearly two years. The Cable Beach Resort underwent roughly 55 million in renovations during the months it closed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. During a ceremony for the reopening of the resort, Bahamas Prime Minister Philip Brave Davis said, This Jamaican-born brand has expanded its one-of-a-kind offering and brought many opportunities to the Bahamas. Following on from this multi-million dollar renovation, many well-trained Bahamians will take up the full complement of 900 employees. He said it was a landmark moment and another important signal that the Bahamas is open for business. During the renovations, the resort added new river suites and refurbished more than 200 rooms and suites. It also introduced a new concept called Coconut Grove, an expansion lounge area that extends the beach vibes to a center of the resort. Jamaica Prime Minister Andrew wholeness was among those who attended the reopening ceremony. Haitian Time reports that Labadee, the Royal Caribbean-owned beach resort off Haiti's northwest coast, opened after being closed for nearly two years ago, government officials said. Bochit Edmund. Haiti's ambassador to the United States tweeted on January 27, Welcome back to Labadee, Haiti, to almost 3,000 tourists with Harmony of the Seas. Labadee, was closed in March 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Last Thursday, the 18-deck ship welcomed 2,896 passengers on board on its return day with a staff of 1,979 members. Through its Labadee Resort, located in the port town called Labadee, Royal Caribbean promotes a paradise found experience complete with boats and coaster rides, relaxation spots with sweeping vistas and local cuisine. When a ship's dock at Labadee, guests are ferried to the Labadee Resort for excursions for the day, then return to the ship. Royal Caribbean has been operating cruises to its Haitian resort since 1986. It has said the resort provides about 300 jobs to locals and welcomes 200 more people to sell items there for a fee. And finally, the St. Nevis Observer reports that U.S.-based cruise major Royal Caribbean International has taken delivery of Wonder of the Seas the world's largest cruise ship after three years of construction. A traditional flag-changing ceremony took place in France on January 27th at the shipyard. The vessel, which can accommodate up to 7,000 passengers, is the fifth ship in the company's Oasis class and is scheduled to begin sailing on March 4th of this year. The first voyage will start from Fort Lauderdale, and the vessel will conduct a series of seven-night Caribbean cruises before relocating to the Mediterranean in May. After finishing a series of performance tests across the propulsion, navigation, and engine performance systems, Wonder of the Seas passed its sea trials in August of last year. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 31st. I'm Keisha Wallace. Thank you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Now Meta.